He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to a Good Talk Spoiled Golf podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined as always by Barry O'Hanron. Hey Barry. Hey James, good Welcome to be back. back. Yeah, yeah, really good to be back. Uh, it's been a while and we've been uh, trying to get our stuff together to, to get back on the air, but we've had a long conversation. We're back, regular. So this is the first of, of many now, because I think we'll get into it over the course of the episode, but I think you're excited for the golf year, I'm excited for the golf year, so 2018 is going to be an interesting year. So um, anybody who wants to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is the same as always, it's at a, a golf, and the email is agoodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. Um, so I suppose, Barry, it has been a while, so let's have a, a, a brief look back at our own games in terms of I think it was kind of a couple of months ago season was coming to the end we're up and drew its heath a lot has changed since we were last on the podcast airwaves uh bring the listeners up to speed what has been happening in your golf game I played more I played okay let's go so we were in drew its heath last year we have left Druid's Heath for a new a new course, so we'll get to that in a minute. I think, I mean... So how was the end of the season? How was the season generally? Were you happy with the year for 2017? Mm. Did you hit what you wanted to hit in terms of targets? No, not at all. Um, okay, so... So what was your target this time last year? To be honest, and knowing Druid's Heath was a more difficult golf course than getting the downs where we came from, I wanted to maintain my handicap. I started at 10.5. I did not maintain my handicap. I <laughs> I went on a string of point ones. Had started to hit a good bit of some good form in the middle of uh, middle of the summer. Had a couple of rounds that got me cut small cuts and then tailed off. Um, and to be honest, I remember like I remember August September being pretty like it was dry, but it was quite difficult in terms of there was always a substantial wind. It felt like there was very rarely a day that you could really attack that course, um, or that it was it was relenting and giving you a chance a chance to attack it. Um, it's not really the kind of course you could chase an awful lot of birdies or have really go for it holes. Um, you know, par was always a really good score on every hole in that golf course. So the end result was I uh, finished the year in eleven point. Uh, sorry. I started at 9.5, finished at 10.5, and I've had a uh, handi- handicap review uh, by the Congo system, which has added 1.0 to my handicap. So, so what are you now? I'm 11.5, which is 12. 12. So, um, look, I, overall, I'm very happy um, because that golf course forced my game to a better level, even though my scores don't uh, show it. Um, my course strategy is better. My ball striking is better. And... You know, I have a, I have a more, better appreciation for putting on really difficult, really challenging greens that you're not trying. You know, a lot of the time you can't hold every putt. So you, you, you know, my pace putting and distance putting and long, you know, large break putting has become a little bit stronger. Um, and I hope 
that this year in the new the new place these what I feel are improvements will actually show in scoring. Well, let's we'll come on to twenty eighteen in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you played down in Baltray, did you get out to play any other golf? Was it was it all focused on on the Heath? Were you? Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of highlights of courses that you you played with friends or in competitions that that were well, yeah kind of highlights? I got to to do well. We did our annual trip to Carn, which is always one of our highlights of the year. Um, it's one of my favorite courses in the world. We played. We went off to play Baltray uh, or County County Louth. So for a scratch cup, um, which that surely happened. surely the highlight of your year must have been playing Royal County Day. I was getting to it. <laughs> well, <laughs> very slowly. Spo- spoiler alert, people. Uh, yeah, I got to play Royal County Down, which was um, really really special experience. Um, got was lucky enough to get an invite from uh, Chris from No Lang Up, who had an invite from a member of Royal County Down. So we went and um, went and got to play there the day after the Irish Open. So. Uh, that was yeah. That golf course is so so good. Um, and did but did you feel that there was playing a place like Royal County Down with the experience because that's kind of July time at that stage. So you played a lot in the heat. You you're taking you know a lot from playing there in terms of the greens, mm. course management. Did you see that translate? What was it translating at that stage, or is it is it? looking back now more over, over the course of the year that actually it was more of a subtle improvement in terms of those things or no I, I do remember um asking like pretty much on most holes you know what's the strategy here what am I looking at you know what clubs should I be taking off the tee what do you normally take off the tee um Jack uh, Nelson who was um who, who invited us out plays off four so very accomplished golfer so of course, going to take his advice, and he's a member there. Plays loads, so um, I asked that in pretty much every hole. What what am I what am I doing here? Where should I be aiming? And you know, you're going to do that in a new golf course anyway. But I think that's it was just particularly at the front of my mind, and I think that's come from, I think a little bit of that's attributable to you know learning course strategy a little bit more, and or trying to learn about course strategy and taking whatever information I can, or you know that it's better than what I have. I've well, asked the question. So the, yeah, I think. I, Overall, um, top rating to Royal County Down. If you get an opportunity to play it, get out there and do it. It's a it's a really special golf course. Um, well, there's a reason why it's one of the top in the world year on yeah. year. Like so, there's obviously um, yeah, it's there's, it's there's something about it. I've never played it, but I was I've, I've been up that direction and I've I've walked up towards you know into the clubhouse and around the place. Like the setting is fantastic. It's you a know, stunning and, and part of Ireland. It really uh, is. You know, you can see it. You know, and, and I, I will get to play it at some stage. But it, it, it's a special place, mm. and there's a reason. As I say, it's always in world golf regarded as one of the top three, top five places in every list. It doesn't matter which one you go on to. Always, it's in the top five yeah. of of playable golf clubs, rather than you know the likes of Augusta, where it's just impossible to get on. And of course, it's what everybody wants to do. And um, year ahead, then for you, what's what's Kind of twenty eighteen. What's your what's your hopes and expectations? So we've moved over to Paris course. Yeah, you know that's. So we're we're not too far from the old Glen of the Down. So about fifteen minutes from both of our houses, which is is handy. And the lovely thing about Paris Court is it's it's thirty six holes. It's two courses. 
two similar but slightly different courses as well in terms of you know you wouldn't it's not like if if for people in ireland say like in carton house where you have a very distinct set of 18 compared to the other 18 in terms of the rough in terms of the layout in terms of the design the physical if if you mixed if you mix the two 18s together you wouldn't always think to yourself oh i've gone across from the east to the west or or back I'm still I'm still kind of figuring out. So the East was designed by Peter McAvoy, who also designed Glen of the Downs, um, and it's it has that oh, beautiful tree lined parkland feel about it, even though you're not always amongst the trees. Okay, so if that makes any sense, now, and both courses are in the same same estate, so you do get that same vibe of kind of atmosphere. Well, both 18 holes both 18 pretty holes. much finish at the exact same yeah, place. Yeah, so they come the, in together. The starting holes are only and 50, 60 yards away from each other. So, like, it's it, it's not that, in terms of the complex, yeah, yeah. it's not like one is at one far end and the other is... They're very much... You're in the same kind of stretch of land, let's yeah. say. You're not on opposite sides of a hill or, opposite, you know, something like that. So... Um, and the West Course was designed by David McLay Kidd, who designed Bandon Dunes and a few other very uh, top golf courses. I mean, for me, I think the East is very kind of uh, consistently fair off the tee and approaching the green. There's no extremes. I, I don't find any real extremes in it. Whereas the West, I find you will, inc- particularly let's go with the par fours, you'll encounter either a difficult tee shot combined with an easy approach shot or an easier tee shot combined with a more difficult approach shot, which I think is a really interesting way of, uh, of doing it. And I actually enjoy it because you're not getting challenged on the same thing all the time. You're being forced to think. So, so put that in perspective for people. So what you're saying, and I agree with you because we've talked about this a lot, that sometimes it can hit the driver off the tee and you've got a big wide fairway, mm-hmm. you know, there might be a bunker at 300 odd yards or, you know, but it's not a huge amount of trouble. But the trouble is then on your second shot. Absolutely. The trouble yeah. is a, a green that might be elevated. It might have bunkers surrounding mm-hmm. it. Or the flip side of it is you might have to play strategy off the tee by hitting a rescue. And then you have to a much easier yeah. second shot in where the green is more accessible because you might be hitting a five iron in yeah. or a four iron in mm-hmm. where on the flip side, you might hit driver eight or nine but you're going to have to be much more accurate. So that's the kind of yeah, idea that's that you're getting. Much there, yeah. um, one thing I really love about the two golf courses is there's a just a great variety in the par threes. None of them are excessively long. We're not looking at any of these like 220, 230-yard monsters. They're all very clever mix of short to medium length holes, and uh, I really enjoy the, the differences and challenges in them. You're not looking at the same, the same hole, you know, or feeling like you're doing the same thing on the way around. So yeah, like overall, I'm I'm super excited. The let's just talk. I mean, the conditioning of the courses is championship level. I mean, high end championship level. They are absolutely manicured. To and do you know what I love? When I was degree. looking through uh, this at the weekend. I was looking through kind of the next few months of the online booking system just to see what kind of dates mm. were to put stuff now in the diary for any of the big events, and when they aerate the greens or they you know they do the work on the greens on the east they leave the west free Mm -hmm. so you play on really nice greens during that couple of week period and then you transfer across and play on the other so what's really nice is that where one of our big bugbears which i know we have to do 
was that you were playing on the hollow chord greens twice for, a year. you know, twice a year. Mm. And it didn't matter how much, there was always that kind of two or three week period where you're either putting on sand, mm. then when the sand started to kind of go down into the holes and washed away, then you were kind of, it was very bumpy. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's subtly, but you could still have those crazy moments where even two weeks later, you're hitting and it's still not great. Even and you're four weeks still later. Sh- so. sure, sure. What's nice about this place, when they do it on one, we get to play the other. When they do it on the other, we go back and play on yeah. the other one. So it will be nice not to have to... Um, we're, ext- we're extremely fortunate um, to, to, to be able to get into Paris courts and uh, to, be, to have two courses at our, dispo- uh, you know, at our disposal for the year. It's very special. They have a really great practice facility. They have a nice ri- they have a driving range. They also have a, t- a little s- cool short game area, which is almost the like part a part two, two, course, part two yeah. course. So it's sort of for your well, mid-range wedge shots. The interesting thing about the, the, the part two course, which I like, is... Um, they have three flags and 19 separate areas to t- uh, to chip off from. Mm. So, you know, and the aim is exactly as it is, up and down, up and down, up and down. And to be on the teams, to be on the inter-club teams, they have a, an internal leaderboard where you go out and you have to try and get up and down, up and down. So it forces you to practice. It's mm-hmm. forcing you to, to perhaps do the one area of the game. It's easy for everybody. And I think we all have been guilty of this you turn up whether it be january february march whatever time of the year to the range you take the driver out of the bag and you just bang 30 40 balls down and you go whoa yeah and it doesn't matter if it goes way left way right because you just throw another one down another bang of the driver another bang of the driver and you go out and yeah you you might be a great driver of the ball but you've always been a good driver of the Mm. ball because all you've ever practiced is hitting maybe a seven iron and a driver and that's it but the finesse, the chipping, you know, that kind of... And that's what I think the likes of that practice facility forcing you out there to try those par twos, get a bit better at, at, at where for the for us, your greens and regulation aren't going to be 60%, 70%. They're not mm. going to be 20%, 30%. So it's going to be short. Well, it's, it's, let's, it's, let's hope we get 20 30% of your GI or... We'll see at the yeah, end yeah. of the year whether or not you, you, you maintain it. But it's the getting up and down. It's, it's, it's the ability and... and it, for me, one of the highlights of this year was going down and, and, and caddying with Mark down at the, uh, the the Euro Challenge Tour event in Mount Worldsley because I was seeing some of the best, both young players and guys who have been around, like uh, Chess Ke- uh, 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 Kepka was down there. Like This is a guy who's going to make it big. And watching them around the putting green, you know, chipping and putting was phenomenal. Like there wasn't... These guys were getting up and down more often than not. If they weren't, it was because they they, they just missed the putt, but they gave themselves so many mm. chances in that scoring range that they kind of expect to make it. And coming out of that event, after those two, three days down there with Mark, I realised that actually it's not all about hitting, you know, middle of the green, middle of the green, middle of the green, because you're not going to hit 18 greens over the course of the round. But it's getting up and down when you don't, and that's what the one thing I'm really looking forward to in Paris Court is 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 getting up there and really testing myself up on the par two course. I think the really cool thing about that par two course is it's not it's not just the dead around the greens shots that you, it's forcing you to practice. It's 
it's got right the way back to like those 50, 60 yard ones that, you know, we can miss and we do miss greens regularly by that distance. You could come up short. You might have to come up, lay up short. There could be a, a hazard on a par five, a water hazard short of a green. And like it's those mid-range shots that, like, yeah, if we're around the green, we might fancy ourselves to get up and down because you're not that far away. There's not an awful lot of trouble. There's not an awful lot of rough to go over. And you have a bit of green to work with on occasion. And we can get up and down uh, from those situations. But those 30, 40, 50, 60 yard ones, those are the real, like, if we, if we get up and down from there, even when a pro gets up and down from there, they get a, they have to get a little buzz because you're probably not expected to get up and down from there, but, you know, statistically. Well, I think it, it, it means that par fives, all par fives, you should be looking at a birdie putt because if you're better, you know, even if you're going forward in two and you come up, you know, left or right or short, Getting up and down, you 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 you're looking at birdie putt mm. at a minimum. If you have to lay up because it is long and you decide to take trouble out of it, and you are 40, 40 50 yards back, again you're getting that opportunity to 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 have a look at a birdie putt. Where on the par fives particularly, you know that's that they're your scoring holes. You know your your par threes, your par fives, and then seeing what you can do with the the par fours. It, it's going to be an interesting year in terms of the year ahead for you what is what are your expectations you know what are you what's the hope obviously to get back down uh, as quickly as possible well um, i've hit single figures before so that's that's it that is the, t- the target but i'm not just trying to get to nine <clears throat> at the moment my target's eight okay if i can go lower even greater but like i'll reassess if i can get to eight you know um, or if i get to nine pretty quickly then i might have to readjust eight to seven but that's the plan um yeah, I, you know, with all, where where do you think? What's the one aspect of the game that you think you need to to work on, or are you working? Is it a general just go out and play golf and it will happen, or is there in your head that's 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 the little chink there? Is it the forty fifty yard shots, the getting up and down? Is yeah, it, that's, is that's it the driver. Huge, is it what, like no? That the, it is the short game is the huge section that I need to work on. I think my driving and long game has overall. My ball striking has become better this year in the heat. Um, but again, it's the short game was everything around the heat because it was so difficult around the greens and the greens themselves. And uh, that's, you know, we, we one of our good friends, Sonny, is off three and he's just a machine around the green, you know, around the greens with, with a short game, up and down, up and down, up and down. He's, his long game is not that stratospherically better than ours. It's a little bit more consistent, but... You know, we can hit the shots that he can, and we just need to improve our consistency with that a little bit. But it's a short game where he really pulls away from us, I think. Do you know that, that talking about Sonny, and Sonny's a really good example, and another friend of mine who's in Paris Core, Killian, um, he plays off, Killian's off five and a bit, six, that, that level. And watching both of them are very similar in so far as before you kind of, you know, you, you play five or six holes, and you're kind of thinking, Jesus, I wonder how Sonny's doing. And then all of a sudden you look at the car that you're marking, either his or, you know, and it's like it's par, birdie, par, 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 par. And you're kind of going, gee, he hasn't done much, has he? In terms of, yeah. he, hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't done anything that you'd go, oh my God, that's a highlight reel moment. Yeah. It's just, he gets around, you know. And, and, you know, I always kind of, when I started playing golf when I was seven, you know, I wanted to hit the long drive. I wanted to hit the big high ball. You know, that was that was. I wanted to 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 put on a show, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, and I've actually realized, really, this year more than any year, that actually the guys who are the three, four, five, six handicap 
guys aren't actually going out trying the miracle shot over the trees. They're just knocking it out sideways, taking the bogey if they have to, try and get up and down, playing par five sensibly. Play the percentages. You know, and, and, and they're just trundling along in an effortless way. And then they come in and they've had 75, 76. And you're going, fuck, they didn't really do an awful lot today. Like, they didn't do anything that you're sitting there going, geez, I remember that shot. That was an incredible shot. But then you realize, actually, they haven't done the opposite to that. Yeah. They haven't done the, why did they? Why did he try to go through five trees in a bush to get to the green? Like, you know, and, and that's me. That's me. I, I Hands up. I'm the guy who will try and go through five trees and a bush to try and get, rather than just go, let's just go sideways. And, and I think that's something I want to get into my game this year, that, that not so much course management, but scorecard management. Mm. You know, okay, I'm behind a tree. It's not ideal, but you get out. You know, you don't have to. If, if, it's, if it's a rescue into the wind on a par four, maybe it's not, that's not the shot. You know, maybe it's a, a seven iron to, to 80 yards out and, and saying, well, do you know what? Par three from here. You know, up and down, try and get it in par. But if not, it's it's worse. It's a bogey. Yeah, I and mean, instead of putting yourself to like forty yard range where the the pin might be short, and you might be going over a bunker, and it's a really difficult short game shot. You left yourself a full eighty yard shot. Yeah, in. Well, a little bit of strategy. So a good example is say the second hole in, on the east course. You know, it's a par five. Mm. You know, you can try and cut over the bunker, which is a, a needs to be a super drive to get over to to really give yourself a chance. But just take that out of it. Just go to the right of it. Play it as a three-shotter. Mm-hmm. But get it up because it's three... You know, two sides are bunkers. The back is dead man's land. You know, you want to just be at the front. It's such 40 an easy, yards it's at the front and just up and down from there. It's such an easy three-shotter. Where sometimes, you know, you hit, you get it on, you look at the thing, it's 220, 230, 240, and you go, rescue three wood. You know, and, and it's not the shot. Mm. Because it's, it's a three wood off to the right or it's a... You're really forcing it, and it goes forty yards in front. Well, just to, where just to explain, it's scorecard. When, when you're in the middle of the fairway, you have two trees that are probably a hundred foot tall, about a hundred and thirty yards away from you, and they're about eighty yards from the green. So let's just go an averagely good driver over the corner of those bunkers into the middle of the fairway. You have about two ten in, and those trees are there. So you need to go either pull off, get really lucky and go between them, which is not what you'd aim for because you just can't because there's the branches everywhere and you need to put it through a very small, small, small window between them. So you need to go either go around them right to left or left to right with a very, probably a 30-yard uh, fade or draw, which is, a, you know, it's doable, but it's the, it's the hero shot. And it, But I don't think you ever see Sonny do that. Sonny, Sonny will lay up to... Pra- practice days he has for a laugh, but in, but, in reality, but when it's be, when yeah, it's mani- yeah, yeah. when it's when it's on the scorecard, when you're in game time, when you're in 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 season, guys who are three, four, five handicaps don't do that. They play the percentage. It's not the hole that you're going to score. You know, you can still score on it. Mm. Lay up short, up and down. You're still looking at a four. Worse, it's a five, and it's still you walk on. And so I, I, that yeah. that's something I want to work on this year is 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 scorecard management rather than and also. I've made a, a promise to myself this year that I'm not going to let any rain just, just disappear on me. Even if after, like, and that happened a lot in the heat, I was turning on to the 10th. You know, it was binary. It was zero one one zero zero one, And you're thinking, actually, I don't care what the next nine holes are. I, 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 I would have been as happy in all 10 rounds that I played in the heat last year 
I would have probably outside of two that I can remember, all other eight, I would have walked to the car park mm-hmm. past on the from the ninth green to the tenth tee box. I would have easily have just walked straight to the car and gone home and not actually cared. And that's something I want to change this year. That if if you're not having a great game. You keep fighting. You keep trying to put the best score on the card for all eighteen holes. Yeah, or you could find an, you could work on a particular aspect of your game that hasn't been working well. You could, there's always something to be found. I guess the thing is, at the start of the day, your main aspiration is to to play well and score well and have a chance at a prize. Maybe if if all things go well, and when that's gone, it's it's hard. It is hard to motivate yourself to kind of find the new thing to go for the day. Did you win this year? I did not. Is no. This, would that be that? Must be for the first time in yeah a long, long amount of seasons to to have gone winless, so to speak. To not add to my trophy cabinet of vouchers. Yeah. yeah. Um, all well spent, or taken by the bankruptcy people. Oh well, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I left any in Grand Downs. Um, no, no, no wins this year. Um, I think I may have come. I might, might have come third in my category in one event, um, or it might have been fourth, I'm not sure. I think that was a day at 38 points, and I was particularly chuffed for myself, and then I saw scores come in in the low 40s, and I was like, okay. Yeah, so, well, there was a tendency to that. Well, was, look, yeah. look I, 2018 I, is, is, is here, and as we said at the start of the show, we're, we're excited because I think we've got a bit of an injection in the arm with the new course and the new club, and seeing how that goes, and kind of putting, from my perspective anyway, a pretty poor 2017 in terms of club rather than anything else I'm going to go out in the limb with a really strong statement here um, there's no way you can possibly hate two golf courses in your new club no no and, <laughs> and I, I, I played actually quite a lot up in Paris Court last year because of my friend Killian who's up there and they do a member guest mm. on Sunday so I actually played a huge amount of golf up there and casual golf up there so I know the courses and I love the courses Anyway, that's our plan for 2018. Anybody has any view of their own game, how 2017 went, what they intend to work on for 2018, at A Good Talk Golf is the Twitter handle and A Good Talk Spoiled at gmail.com. Moving away from us amateur status and moving on to the pros, the season has already started. Now, there's wraparound seasons that never really end at this stage, but... Mm -hmm. The calendar year has started. The Champions of Champions uh, tournament was on last week. Start of, of, of exciting times. I was watching a bit of this over the weekend, Barry. And we're not going to go into the into great detail about the events that have happened over the last number of weeks. And, and certainly not the Tournament of Champions. Because to say that it's a, uh, a, a, a money-making scam for, the, for these guys. But what I did take from it, for the guys that were there last week... The strength and depth of the field going into 2018 is just so big that it is it is probably m- more exciting. Every year there is more players coming on. Like John Ram wasn't around really this time last year. He's now world number three. He's right flat bang in that group of your Dustin Johnson, Spieth, Ram, Thomas, Matsuyama. Even Justin Thomas, another guy that maybe a year ago wouldn't have been quite on the radar. I don't. Twenty eighteen, yeah. he's very much on the radar. Five wins in the season. I just like. I don't think anybody could have envisaged how how successful he would have been. I'm sure anybody, you know, anybody's on golf social media would have seen the the goals list he had at the start of the year. This, this is Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas now, not John Ram. They were lofty, and I think he hit like 
10 of the 11 of them it was incredible. makes you realize that maybe that's what you should do yeah. set yourself really high targets I think and work so. for them do you know what i'm gonna bring back this year i'm bringing back game golf <clears throat> so you can see how well close you get to your g uh, I, greens I, and reg yeah no but the thing is i yeah i'm, I'm gonna be the first to admit it i used it for a few rounds and drew its heat and i hated what i was seeing I just couldn't. I just couldn't take it. It was just so. But it was pretty depressing stuff. In fairness, it was. And awful. I was watching you. I and, wasn't even looking at your games. Off. I wouldn't was, want to have relived it afterwards. So this was early in the year. We're we're learning a golf course, you know, and you've got it in like a tough wind, and you're shooting like, like I didn't break a hundred a couple of times, and that thing's gone. On, and I'm looking at it, going, I can't actually can't face the, couldn't face the reality of looking at it. It was just too too much. It was too much pain. So I just said, right, that's gone. But um. I, I just there's a little bit of I think I'm going to play a bit better in Paris Court I enjoy the courses a bit better maybe you know it's there's that combined with you can't hide from from the fact that that will give me information on what I need to work on it really will it really does so um, so Justin Thomas is where this all started I'm not sure how we moved it back on to Barry's his, golf go, his game goals here. his oh, goals, goals of the year yeah, and how, how you yeah. get them so that's yeah. that's one of the you know that will help it was an interesting segue back to your golf <laughs> no but it, I just you know like, we do we always relate the pros games to our own games why else do you watch so Justin Thomas the, the depth of this field yeah. the, the depth of the field is where we're at at the moment the depth that that, that going into 2018 we're not now, you know, even four years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. This isn't a one, two, three, four player field anymore. This is, this is 10, 15, 20, 30 top, top players. You know, where getting into the top 50 was, was a wonderful achievement for a lot of players. Getting top 10 was huge. Mm. Coming world number two was like being world number one when Tiger was around. But now you could be world number 45 number 75 and all of a sudden you know you could go into a tournament and you can compete it's that deep it's 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 yeah. it's guys that you don't look at a world ranking and go oh well there's the world number five and the world number three is playing today so the guys down the end they have no chance the guys it's, in 60th the guys in 80th haven't hoped that's not the case yeah there's it's so it's super deep and the new guys coming onto tour are just they're ready to win they have no fear about it at all there's not there's not that you don't have that single tiger factor. It's not that one person who was just crushing everybody for so many years. They're they're not, they have to be ready to fight against the field, which is so so talented. So there's not that they don't have that focused fear anymore. It's I'm fighting for me against everything. So you know maybe it, it helps that there's a mindset change like that that they know that they're not just focused on this one thing. It's it's I've got to beat everything and everything is really really good so my game has to be phenomenal and there's so many guys who've got into that place to be able to do that and and I think it also probably helps that this is a whole new generation they're they're under 35 and they're all mates a lot of them are mates they're Mm. they're they're I don't want to say new professionals because I think in fairness Tiger started that a long time ago in the 90s but these guys are are athletes now and and they're all kind of they, they they're happy when they win but they're also happy when their mate wins yeah. and 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 you know Justin Thomas talks about when he was seeing Jordan Speed do what he was doing and saying hold on I I can do what he's doing and that brings Justin's game mm-hmm. on then Justin you know looks at and Ricky has talked about it you know being the guy without the major in that group and kind of thinking well <laughs> I want it, and, and yeah. that forces him out to practice a bit more, where, you know, back 
in the last 10, 15 years where there was two or three guys, they were turning up, if they were on their A game, there was nobody behind them that was going to touch them. Where now Jordan Speed can bring his A game, but if Dustin Johnson brings his A game, it's going to be a dogfight. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and same with Ricky Fowler, just, uh, Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, Sergio. There are so many guys that if they bring their A game, there isn't a massive difference. You know, there's not there's yeah. not a seismic shift. There's between... not a, there's not a chasm between what they're all peaking at and, and how and what their levels can do against each other. And it's it makes for it can make for really great golf tournaments. Like go back to last year when the, the Masters, Sergio Garcia and Justin Rose were just at it on Sunday on the Masters, you know, and both bringing top level golf. It was wonderful to watch. And, and I think Speed and Kucher in the open. Kucher's too wonderful for the last five holes, and he gets smoked by Jordan Speed. But I, th- I think you can take it outside of the majors as well. Mm-hmm. And I think you can say that the one thing that maybe 2018, and it, and it started a little bit in 2016 and 2017, is that even the, the, the tournaments outside the majors are still really good tournaments there's guys who aren't just turning up and winning it by 10 15 shots because now you have a depth of field that maybe this week you know you have got say for argument's sake dustin johnson jordan speed matsuyama and rose going and and there's and and underneath that there's you know say another 20 of the top 50 going now you've got a huge amount of players that are because it's so deep that it makes it a really interesting tournament Mm -hmm. where perhaps in the past and uh, you know, I, I keep using Tiger as the example. If when Tiger was there, it was an exciting tournament because it was Tiger, and it was all about Tiger, and Tiger's going to win, it and he's going to do it again. And then when Tiger wasn't there, it was kind of like, well, it's actually an interesting tournament because there's a room for a whole lot of other names, but the atmosphere was a bit different because it didn't have that kind of draw. Where now, if Jordan doesn't turn up, doesn't matter because Ricky Fowler might be at that event, and four or five other Plus big big names. Yeah. I, I, the, Things like the things like the Rolex series and the European Tour are brilliant as well. They bring really strong fields multiple times per year to the European Tour. There's eight events now this year. It's just it's getting better and better. And there's there's very rarely there's very the weeks where you're looking at a field and going meh, it's a little bit weak or it's very weak. They're fewer and far between further between now nowadays than ever before, and that's really great as a golf fan when you're watching. And what we now have is a situation where it's not just all the US players dominating the top of the world rankings. You know, mm-hmm. you've got Spain, you've got Japan, you've got the United Kingdom, Northern Ireland, Sweden. You've got so many, uh, quite a few coming through from Australia. You know, it is peppered with a lot of different nationalities, a lot of different attitudes, game styles. It's not just that kind of America, 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 America. Oh, there's a there's a British guy, America, America, America. You now have this very cosmopolitan world game that has all these different world players, which helps the European tour because you've got someone like Tommy Fleetwood being 17th, 18th in the world, playing on the European tour, you know, making his money on the European tour, happy to be on the European tour and going to the States when he, he wants to. But it, it brings the European tour up as well. And the Rolex series has really elevated that, I think, to, to keeping a lot of these world players. Because it was just a drain, let's call a spade a spade. 
there was a, a one-way ship mm-hmm. that took every one of the good European players straight to the US. Bar the odd couple. And that was it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you... There was nearly this idea that if you wanted to play well, if you wanted to make your money, you had to go to the States, where now with the Rolex series, they can still make very good money here and uh, continue to, to advance. Okay, here's a stat for you. Ten Europeans in the top 20 in the world and seven Americans. And that's, and that's the thing. And, that's, and, you know, we talk about the depth in, 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 in strength and depth. You know, Rory McIlroy is currently 11th in the world you know, regarded as one of the best mm-hmm. and he's 11th in the world. Now, let's see, it'd be interesting to take a screenshot today and see where we are this time next year with this because, you know, what, a year and a bit ago we had Jason Day world number one, he's now down to 13. That's how competitive this this season is going to be. There's yeah. going to be a lot of chop and change. And, and I don't see one player, I don't see Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas or Dustin or any of these guys going and blitzing two or three majors this year you know it, it, it and if they do it's going to be an incredible season mm. you know i think we'll have four different major, major champions winners. again i think so look i mean we, we can get stuck into like what where we think players are going to go like from next week and in the coming weeks as as their names pop up and in the, in the tournaments they're entered in um Look, this this week on the European tour we do have there is the bmw south africa open and also on the PGA Tour, we have the uh, second tournament from Hawaii, which is the when it shows itself to me here. Why can't I find the name of it? The Sony Open in Hawaii. How did I forget that? It was the where Justin Thomas ran away last year, shot the fifty nine. Anyway, we just want to have a quick look at the other event this week, which is the Eurasia Cup. More so from a point of view of the Ryder Cup being on later next year. And as much as the players say it's not a dress rehearsal or not a warm-up for the Ryder Cup, we all bloody well know it is. They're just trying to take a bit of pressure off their shoulders. So the European team has a lot of strength and depth in there. If captain is Thomas Bjorn, it's great for him to get a little dry run, you know, for later on in the year in Paris. And the team is comprised of Rafa Cabrera-Bello, Ross Fisher, Paul Dunn, Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton, Alex Levy, Alex Norton, Thomas Peters... Henrik Stenson and Bernd Wiesberger. So there's some really big names there who we will be seeing at Le Golf Nacional in September. And, 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 and guys in that group that we won't, who yeah. are big names, um, that, that might not make it because we don't have a lot of the other big names that you mm-hmm. know aren't there, the likes of your Rory's and Ju- Justin uh, uh, Rose and people like that. The great thing about this tournament, uh, and and... I think everybody who's listened to this podcast over the last number of years realizes that I'm not a mad fan of tournaments over in Asia simply because it's very hard to watch. You wake up in the morning, the news reports come through, you've already got the results. And, or you get the last you know, four holes. It's, it's, kind of, it's, it's frustrating in that way. It's great for the, the, the Ryder Cup guys, but more interesting for, for some players on this, it's an opportunity to show Thomas Bjorn what they can do in match play. And what they can do in a team event. Someone like Paul Dunn, who realistically is going to have to have a hell of a season. Uh, maybe even Matthew Fitzpatrick to even retain his position on the Ryder Cup. You know, these are guys who are are going to have to have really good seasons to get ahead of your John Rams and your Justin Roses and your Rory's to, to get qualified. So this is a great window for these players to go over, get to know Thomas Bjorn, Thomas Bjorn to get to know them. 
And when it comes to this, quite a lot of wildcard picks now. Yeah. Hey, hey. Remember me? Remember me? Yeah, back in January, I was pretty handy over the Eurasia Cup. But say also the other thing. I'm is playing well say, at the say, say Cabrera Bello gets in, you know, and I would expect that he'd be one that you'd, you'd kind of be looking at on the, the, the qualified team would be somebody who would have a really good check. But you look at someone like him, and maybe there's a few guys here that he goes, geez, you know, he can't actually play great with Thomas Peters, but he played great with Paul Dunn, or he played great with Matt Fitzpatrick. There's my pairing. Now I have a pairing for him, you know. So it's it, it, it would be interesting to be able for for Thomas Bjorn to see the different styles, the different abilities, how they work as a team, and then say, actually, Dunn might be the guy that I need, or Fitzpatrick might be the guy because I'm going to pair him with another guy because I've seen him. And sure, what else would they be doing? Like, do you know? And Dunner's a really interesting one. From a point of view of the golf course itself, because Le Golf National is sort of a linksy style or a linksy look and feel golf course and can play that way as well. So weather dependent, that course can get really firm and fast. And we all know Dunner is has grown up on links golf courses, you know, being Irish and he's very experienced on them. Led the open after three rounds. So, you know, there's there's that angle to consider as well. You know, we have the home advantage and you're choosing players whose skill sets will really match up with the golf course. So the, the, there is a format. This isn't the same format as the Ryder Cup. So it is six four-ball matches starting on Friday. It's six foursomes on Saturday and then 12 singles on Sunday. So mm. everybody is playing from, from round one. Yeah. There's 12 on the team. Everyone's playing. So you're two, we'll play for the full weekend. Two foursomes and two four-ball matches short of a Ryder Cup. But in done on it's done this completed. In, yeah. So yeah. there's no there's no guys sitting out. There's no guys, mm. you know. It, it it's straight up and it's it's a case of it's no morning and afternoon so yeah. it, it's the only problem I'll have with this tournament and, and I, I, I do feel sorry for Team Asia and it's going to be a bit like you know the likes of the President's Cup and stuff I it's great for the Asian tour it's great for the players that have made it if, if this is really one-sided it's not going to really help the commercial aspect of it it's not going to help viewership it's not going to help but maybe it's not. Maybe Europe isn't the viewership they're looking for. Maybe it's just purely an Asian market that they're aiming at, and there's I, many more there's Asian big, market golfers over there than there would be European guys. There's a big reason it's taking place there, not here in Europe, and you're attracting some pretty big star name European tour players over there, and you're putting the best of Asian golf forward. It's. I mean, it's it's going to be an organic process to keep growing the game to to higher higher levels in Asia. And, you know, it, it will get there. In 10 years' time, I'm sure we will have numerous uh, Asian golfers, Chinese, oh, yeah. Chinese golfers, absolutely killing it at the top of the world rankings. There's just, it's, it's a sheer numbers game, and it will happen. So this is, this, would, this is, I, this I, is a stage along the way to that. If, 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 I, if I had my way, I'd love to mix this as a, as a, a men's, you know, men's and a women's competition i think something like that is really lacking that you could have a really good mixed mm-hmm. kind of uh golf tournament in terms of a mixed a, a international play cup. you know yeah. idea but look it, it's going to be it's going to be great for thomas bjorn it is great for the likes of Dunner who are going to be able to kind of and and just for his own experience you know he's going it's going to be a big event over there i'm sure there's going to be lots of crowds um and if he if he goes out and he, he wins three matches out of three you know Put a decent season together, maybe just miss out on qualification, and uh, it's a pretty good way of saying to a um, to a captain, "Hey, 
I'd like to play in the Ryder Cup, especially where it's in Europe and um, it's sometimes easier to breed, I think, the rookies in, our, in, in a European Ryder Cup year rather than an American Ryder Cup year. So there may be something to be said, and we'll talk about this over the course of the year, that you, Thomas Bjorn should be looking at guys who, in two years' time, will be playing over in the States and you want them to get the experience now. So in two years' time... It's not something new. It's to not them. Thomas Bjorn anymore, though. For the no, it won't one. be. But but, but yeah. it, it it gives these guys <clears throat> the first taste of yeah. it. So when they go to the states, which is always much more hostile than the European uh, fans, that that they are prepared and ready for it. Mm. Um, All right, I'm gonna spring one thing on you. Just give me one prediction for the year. A thing that you really think is gonna happen. A golfer win a tournament or. Suppose I suppose I'll, I'll go, I'll go everybody first. right now is going Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods, Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods, Tiger Woods. Yeah, 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 I'll go first. I could just give you a second to think about it. I, I'm going to say that Ricky Fowler wins a major this year. I will be backing him in every single major. I think his game's just gone to that level where he, his dress sense hasn't. Let's okay for another for another time. I think he's learned his lessons. He was a little bit conservative in in places last year when he got himself in a position. I think that guy learns his lessons as he goes and. That's my statement. Every, Ricky Fowler every wins year, a major. I'll, I'll, I'll give you mine in a second. Every year Ricky Fowler doesn't win a major, mm. it becomes harder and harder for him for two reasons. One, the monkey on the back idea of, you know, well, Sergio's now done it, so, like, you know, hurry the hell up. Uh, I think that's the first bit with Ricky. So the sooner, if it happened at the Masters, I think Ricky could go on and have an incredible year. I think every time a major goes away, um, I think it becomes more difficult. And it becomes more difficult... Because every single year we're talking about more strength and depth. And it's harder to win majors when you have the quality that's out there on the tour for 2018. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder in 2019, sure. 2020 and 21. So the sooner he wins it, I think the floodgates could open. But I do think that, you know, I'd love it. Like, I, I'm a huge Ricky Fowler fan. I'd like to see him. Does he do it? I'm not sure. I'll, I'll wait and see. Uh, I'm happy I to think stand this by year, my I, 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 th- I think this is... Not the year of Tiger Woods. I think this is the year of Rory. I think I think Rory is is much more focused. He seems more focused. He's got a much better playing schedule. I know he's had injuries and stuff, but he's now like I think what he's got eight eight tournaments in ten weeks or something over the next. You know I know he's focused on the Masters, but mm. he's he's focused on becoming either world number one again, putting more majors back in the bag. To me, I think that's that's going to be the story this year. The rise, it's either going to be the rise of Rory or the continuing fall of Rory. Mm. <laughs> and, think, and I think that's that's kind of, but I think it's going to be the other way. I think, I think like his three game, wins, not majors, but just three. I, I think wins. he picks up at least a major. Um, I'm not sure it will be the Masters. I just think that the Masters comes at the worst time for him. I actually think 2019 is the <clears> year that he might potentially win the Masters. And the reason I have that down in my head is that 2019, the players moves to to the month the month before the Masters mm, into March yeah. so I, I just think that he gets to the Masters it's the first major it's the first big tournament and there's a lot of pressure and it's the one he needs for the I tell you what I do think I think Jordan Spieth potentially wins his uh, his Grand Slam before Rory does this year um All right. Now look, there we have it. I mean, so, look, two bold statements. Ricky Fowler wins a major, and Ryan well, I actually Howard made three. Is... I made three bold statements. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I still think Jordan Spieth wins his Grand Slam before Rory gets his. 
Because uh, okay, so like you're so you're Jordan saying, needs one. <clears throat> okay. And and so I, don't, Ro- I don't think saying, I don't think he wins the Masters. Do you think Rory year. wins a major other than the I Masters? think he wins a major, but not not the Masters. Right. And I think Jordan Spieth wins his Grand Slam this year. All right. Let's hope the two of us are high fiving our uh, good predictions at the end of the year. But I think it's going to be an incredible year. It's going to be a great 2018. So look, a good talk golf is is the Twitter handle. A uh, good talk spoiled at gmail dot com, and this is going back to our regular slot as best as we can. Work dependent. We want to hear from you guys. You know, today was really just a look back and a look forward. You know, is there anything you want us to talk about? Anything that's sprung to mind over the last couple of months that you'd like to to kind of get involved with? At a good talk golf is the Twitter handle. A good talk spoiled at gmail.com and uh, thanks for listening bye 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 bye